to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller and my co-host from across the pond. Some people call him the space cowboy. Some people call him the gangster of love. Some people call him Maurice. But you and I know him as Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. How are you, Rich? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I believe we have a we have a bit of a information from our, our network ERL. Yes, um, so this is a new one, it's called uh, Dirty John. Uh, so it's another fantastic true crime limited edition podcast that we're really excited to announce for coming to the ERL network. In Dirty John, John Shesh Sheridan takes us through his yellow card history at Hillsborough. Every week, John details the rare times he's left the center circle where he dictate the heartbeats of the prime Wednesday 90s side and had to bring a man down. <laughs> another fantastic podcast on the ERL network beautiful i the it's the intricate detail of why each and every yellow card happened is uh it's just something you don't get anywhere else it is i mean the, the true crime is he wasn't spraying a ball perfectly at the time <laughs> yes uh, so yeah it, it's uh and obviously limbs edition because I, I don't think he was a very very dirty man or maybe he was a dirty man in a different sense as uh as john sheridan <laughs> Now, I, now I'm worried that we're being slightly libelous. <laughs> Could be. It's not stopped me before, right? You may remember uh, uh, a very cute listener's may, may have thought about something I said about the new manager of a previous podcast. But anyway, anyway. Anyway. It's all... Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. It's all fun and games until, uh, you know, someone gets hurt. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's been a... A week absolutely bereft of breaking hoo-hoos. But you might you might correct me. Any breaking hoo-hoos? I felt like there were breaking hoo-hoos, but there were impeccably minor breaking hoo-hoos. It wasn't even a breaking hoo. I don't think it wasn't. Didn't get to the first part of the hoo-hoo. Um, slightly subdued, quiet kind of owl grumbling. I think. Yeah, it's fine though. I think I'm talking, thinking that words are going to come to my mouth. Yeah. Um, but they're uh, in regards to that subject, they're not. So let's just say there are no breaking hoo-hoos. Yeah, I think it's uh, there's naturally going to be ebbs and flows with the old uh, breaking hoo-hoos. Um, there was the twenty-threes game. Oh yeah, and uh, big gas. Big gas. Lorded it over. Um, Lorded it over. Uh, had it. Had a bit of that. He uh, did that thumb and no, that that uh, thumb and pinky thing on his nose. Yes. That uh, they do on things like Geordie Shaw. I've been told. Yes, I, I've also been told that. Oh, and a contract for um, future Wednesday protege Alex Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. See, you waited long enough, and those words have come. <laughs> they did. You, you found you found some real uh, gems there. Managed to stumble across words. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think Alex Hunt is someone who um, <clears throat> seems to have like a big future in the game, or is people are very excited for him. So hopefully he kind of builds upon that and progresses. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have a, a ready-made uh, Baz replacement. Maybe that'd be very nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice if somebody was kind of learning, learning from having such a talented player at the club. Similarly. A lot, I think centre forwards could learn a lot from from Stephen Fletcher. These guys that are kind of carved out a career at, at a, a very good level for themselves must be full of things to to kind of pass on to some of the youngsters. Mm. So I wonder if, in the absence of a lot of breaking hoo hoos, and um, 
I'm happy to delete this bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if um, before we Just get into bring the, in the you know break break a Fabi on this and uh, let you in behind the podcast magic. Sometimes we do editing on this podcast. It's very <laughs> rare. Because <laughs> it's all gold, obviously. Ah, oh, the finest of fine gold. But I wonder if before getting into yesterday's match, whether we could do a bit of a, a preview of the matches next week, because we've got two games on the bounce Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday Saturday. Busy, a busy pop before the next international break, which is what, mid-October, I think? That's right, yes. So the first game is, is Everton. At home in the cup, Cadaball, Cadaball Cup. I, I'm, I've been weighing up whether it's worth going or not because midweek games for me are. I have to take time off work to, uh, to go along to them, and I'm pretty convinced we're going to put out our second string. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if we don't make sort of nine changes to the starting lineup that happened that we used at the weekend. Mm. Also, it's not on any televised services either. It's not. Uh, it's hard to follow. Uh, domestic TV or for international coverage. So yeah, it, it could potentially never happen. I could be at work and just completely forget about it and be like, oh, we lost on penalties or we uh, lost one or two nil. I'm supposed it'd be kind of odd, oddly newsworthy if both Sheffield clubs managed to beat Everton in the space of four days. It would, and I guess you think you could probably see that happening, but I don't think it's going to happen. To be negative. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see Bates. And Thornley probably at the back. Dawson's going to be goalkeeper. I don't know what will happen fullback wise. I suppose Fox will play, but I don't know who'll get who'll get a run out of right back. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to probably make as many changes as we can. Really, I would I would expect. We might so, see uh, Action Matt join the fold. Matt, some time for him. Yeah. Might uh, see the last spot of Jordan Rhodes making an appearance. I, I'd imagine he's going to be on the pitch. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 this sounds like your uh, future review of Jordan Rose's performance. <laughs> well, he was on the pitch. He was certainly taking up. I mean, you can't argue with the fact that there was atoms and molecules, and they had that shirt on. So, well done, five out of ten. <laughs> um, it's hard Summer to get excited. Jordan Rose. Notorious grass bother at Jordan Rhodes. <laughs> oh, Jordan, I wish uh, you, I wish you'd figure it out. Yeah, so it's hard to get excited about the, the FL cuts. Um, it is, and yeah, here's the difficult thing: it's just the fact that we've got. I feel like we should be more excited for this than we probably are, because we we said previously when it was drawn was you know this was a good tie. It was yeah, yeah. So so what happened, Rich? <laughs> I don't know. I think well, one Everton have been very disappointing, so it's less exciting. We're not playing kind of one of the better teams in the Premier League at the moment, seeing as they're they're taking beatings off the like of our uh, city neighbours. Um, <clears throat> so that t- kind of takes some fizz out of it. And it's just, it always seems to be rubbish timing. Like, we could do without having this game. We're still sort of figuring things out under the new manager. I think there's some positive signs there. But kind of playing Saturday, Tuesday really reduces the amount of time we can actually make any significant changes. It it, it all just ends up being recuperation and uh, and managing energy levels and less time to actually work on shape and things like that that can actually make a difference long term and we're not going to win this cup we're probably not going to progress and we're probably going to put out as weak a team as possible so um i think yeah just takes the fizz out of it a bit Mm. so after that we've got borough away which um has a particular little piquancy because of it being gary one of gary monk's previous clubs and he Mm -hmm. left 
left under a bit of a cloud. After um, his final match for them was against Sheffield Wednesday, right? It was. They won, and they decided that wasn't good enough. Beating Wednesday at the time was much like maiming a puppy. Yes, um, by, beating us by a single goal was really losing. Yeah, so we had to get rid of Carvajal, and they were like, yeah, let's get rid of Monk as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they jumped, you know, they, they jumped from Gary Monk to... Uh, to 18 months of, of Tony Pulis football, which mm, bit of Pulis ball. Uh, I think the fans were less than pleased with. But um, who's the manager there now? It's Mr. Jonathan Woodgate. Of course. <laughs> How could anybody forget? <laughs> Mind you, I often forget who the Swansea manager is. Right? Yeah. Well, isn't he just? Isn't his name actually Stephen Guy? So that his um, initials is he's Mr. S Guy, some guy just. <laughs> Random guy. <laughs> yeah. What? How do we? How do we see that one playing out? Um, Borough are having a, a fairly similar season to ourselves. They're having a bit of a uh, kind of poor start, didn't they? I mean, they had a bit of a yeah. in the first game of the season under the bright Friday night uh, lights of Sky Television. Yes. Kicking off the EFL Football League for the season and had a bit of a five-goal thriller against. No, was it six-goal draw against Luton? Yeah, 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 yeah. But Which, since then, I mean, they've probably been not quite as exciting mm-hmm. um previous results you, you know yesterday they lost to cardiff city um they beat reading reading are a team out of sorts a two-all away draw at bristol city drawing at home to millwall it's been impeccably patchy it's patchy uh, yeah but they're a team who are very much in the mentality of being patchy right now Yeah, they're one of the probably 12 or 13 clubs that have a chance of being a playoff contender, but most of those are not going to make it. And at the moment, they're not they're not setting any uh, great expectations for themselves with their early form this season. So a game we should probably be thinking about going and winning. I think it is. It's a very winnable game. Maybe, dear listener, I'm in a slightly negative mood today, so I feel like I'm putting the um, putting the markers on something if I say that it is a winnable game, but it very much is. They're a team who are kind of doing a bit of mid-table middling as it stands, much like us. Yeah. I, I think I'm pretty confident of three points actually just kind of turning on this i think it's okay i I, yeah i think it's something that we should be it's a game we should be winning and i think we will go ahead and get the three points there good nice was something to look forward to next weekend then isn't it Mm. i i tend to agree i think it's it's the sort of game we should be going and winning and i think the kind of added i think that also the fact that we've got that fixture next makes me even more sure that we're going to put out a a weaker team against Everton because I think probably the first team's going to be concentrating on getting one over on Borough, which would be my choice anyway. <laughs> but I think with the particular the kind of history there, Gary Monk's going to want to go and uh, show them what they show them what they're missing out on. And if yesterday's anything to go by, what they're missing out on is Ati Nuiu. Mm. Everyone else is missing out on Ati Nuiu, including Kosovo. Um, <laughs> well, so so Bora, um, looking at the table, probably surprisingly quite low in that table, similar to yesterday's opponent, just to um, segue nicely into that. Fulham were, were below us when we kicked off, one point away from uh, our total for the season. And given that it all ended in a in a draw, 
we're in the same sort of position. They're below us and they're, they're one point away from us. Do you have, just as a kind of overall feel, how how, how did you think the game sort of sort of went? Initial impression. I mean, you obviously look at um, every game as a narrative, in a sense. Yeah. Um, every kind of win or point or loss is taken in the context of the game. So... I, I guess I'm in a bit of an interesting mood today. I was just saying to Rich before the call is that uh, I'm not in the best mood for reasons I can't quite can't quite ascertain and quite kind of land the plane on. But I mean, afterwards, I was pretty elated. I'll be honest. Any last minute equalizer is fantastic. Last minute goals yes. are fantastic when they're going for you. When you're against you, it's uh, it's a real slap in the face. I think it's probably a draw was probably the fair result. I think so. I think it's a deserved result. I know they had an awful lot of the ball, but pretty pretty harmless in possession most of the time. So just to kind of mind our p's and q's in terms of how how we set up, it was back to that kind of familiar three. I, I felt in the, in the middle. Did you feel that or did you feel that we're seeing the role? So return to the starting 11 for Kieran Lee. Yeah. Uh, he was taking the place of Adam, what Adam Reach did, I felt, in that kind of almost 4-4-2 or like 4-4-1-1. Yeah, yeah. Probably the closest that we can say. Or maybe a 4-2-1-3, I guess, depending Ooh. on how you want to kind of look at where the wingers fit in in this equation. So Murphy was dropped to the bench, Reach played. It's interesting for that because I know previously we have talked about the fact that you were saying that Murphy, you think there's probably a, a little sweetener in that yeah. level. I'm sure he plays a lot, which but sometimes that... kind of maybe explains sometimes his presence in the team because he hasn't been as, as scintillating as we kind of would hope he would be. Yeah, but then I, 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 certainly team selections haven't always gone that way. So either it, it's not so punitive that we're letting it dictate everything or uh, or it's not there at all. I think it's just always a suspicion when you get a, a lone player from a Premier League club. I'm just looking at the uh, the average positions on uh, on who scored. And it's interesting. You could almost read it as a 4-2-4, partly because Fletcher dropped, played pretty deep. I think he was dropping in on their defensive midfielder when we were when we were, didn't have the ball. But Kieran Lee, his average position is a lot further forward than I thought it was just from watching the game with the you know um, the bits I was picking up I I didn't I wasn't quite sure what Kieran Lee's role was in in everything but um it does look like he was a lot he was a lot further forward certain I certainly again it's clear Bannon and Hutchinson have been given different roles to play which I'm really pleased about they're not sitting on each other's toes quite as much as they they were so they are they're separate from each other physically they're playing different sides of the 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 kind of um, circle of uh, the halfway circle but they're also playing different doing different things when they have the ball as well and when they don't have the ball but they I think what's worth saying I mean you're right so saying each game is, is its own thing my gut feeling is that this will be a point that looks better as the season wears on because I think that Fulham team is is very good and I would expect them to be challenging, even though at the moment they're sort of still finding their feet. Um, similar to talking about Huddersfield, Fulham were getting thumped every week last last season. So there's been an element of picking themselves up. But I th- I think once it kind of clicks for them again, they're going to be a formidable team to uh, to come up against. But certainly that midfield three is they're all exceptional footballers i think you'd really be hard pressed we're looking i was looking at the lineups just to go back to lineups and just saying yeah. that 
Um, obviously, as we're very aware, the game isn't played on paper, but that is pretty much like it's scary how talented and good that is on paper. Yeah, you've got two centre backs that can that can play a bit. They both like to pick passes. That midfield three, yeah, all I, I sort of said at one point, they're all as good as Barry Bannon, which is a, a very enviable place to be. Um, yeah. And I think Harrison Reed really has a has a bit of um, needle to his game as well, which which obviously you need that as well as the uh, the nice stuff. You need to have somebody that doesn't mind piling into a tackle as well. And then Anthony Knockhart and um, oh man, the uh, the the big striker's name Mitro- is Mitrovic. Yeah, Alexander Mitrovic. I mean, those two are as good as anybody else in this league, if not the the best two. Uh, attacking players in the league, I would say they're right. Yeah. And then you, um, you just chuck on Ivan Cavallero just for a bit of even a bit more pizzazz. Yeah, just for a laugh. I did spend um, an, an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out what was written on the back of Bobby Reed's shirt because um, <laughs> our scoreboard had him just as plain, plain old Bobby Reed, and I think I've always known him as Bobby Reed. He's Bobby De Cordova Reed. Yeah. But we were sort of like we were sat going. It's really long, so that name sort of went in a, in a um, in a sort of rainbow formation, went from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. And I was like, how on earth? Even if you had Bobby and Reed, you know, if you have both names on there, that doesn't add up to uh, to how long that thing is. And then um, in October two thousand eight, he changed his name to Bobby Decode over Reed. Yeah, somebody googled it, and uh, yeah, it turns out. Which is quite flamboyant to go from Bobby Reed to Bobby D. Cardova Reed is, is quite a quite a change. Mm-hmm. Like my um, aforementioned school friend Stefanos Antonios Boswellos from uh, from Stephen Boswell. That's that's the sort of change he's made. He's come back from his holidays and he's Spanish. Well, that's <laughs> uh, respect his uh, great Spanish heritage, wasn't it, for Mister Stephen Boswell? <laughs> So, and Bannon was the captain. That's the other thing I think was worth noting. I've sort of thought for a little while Bannon is kind of plays like a natural captain, but um, he had the, he actually had the armband yesterday. Clearly a, a plan to kind of draw them onto us and try and hit them on the break. Yeah, very much so. We were very much, um, which I think we set up pretty well. The thing that was just in the aspects of the game, conceding first, considering we seem to just have the reading of Fulham pretty well for the vast majority of it, it, it was... Um it was frustrating, and when they scored, it was undeserved, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought particular. I thought we were first half. We were actually the better team by a distance. I think second half was was a bit stranger, but uh, I think uh, we did that. We did that sort of breaking on them really effectively, and and we kind of made chances regularly. I don't. I don't remember Fulham having any. They kind of got that lucky one where um, Berner and Odebadjo kind of tackled each other, and the ball rolled through to uh, to Cavallero, mm. uh, and he kind of scuffed it wide. But other than that, I, I genuinely don't remember them having a chance. No, until um, <clears throat> until their goal, effectively. Until it? their goal, and even that, oh, well. But uh, uh, you're right, though. I think we sort of set up and we were handling them very well to the point where I always find it a good sign. I, I kind of started to notice this under Carlos. I think your defensive system is working when a kind of a good footballing team like Fulham start playing speculative balls straight out of play and over the top. And that started happening at about the half hour mark, which mm. made me think we were really starting to frustrate them because they couldn't break us down properly. We had chances at the, the 10 minute mark. Fletch um, had a header where he sort of complained he was pushed in the back where if he'd been a bit stronger, it looked like a pretty simple header. 
Uh, and it was a good cross from Reach again. And then at the 20 minute mark, Fletcher had another one. That was the one that Reach kind of like curled. It was curling in towards the post. And again, it felt like Fletcher, if he'd kind of gone, if he'd thrown himself at it like Atty did at the last uh, the last minute, that could well have been a goal as well. It was it was a really good cross. Always going away from Fletcher, to be fair, but it was a really good cross. And Reach had a good header from a Harris cross. That was a that was uh, a lovely, surprisingly good. Lovely cross from Harris and then just an absolute peach of a header from uh, from former Greece the artist form, football player formerly known as Gracie Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting chance because I I really felt that so I've kind of made a note uh, Peter Hedder from Reach Harris Lovely Cross Harris profits from some poor kicking from Westwood so mm. I mean we can get on to player rings later I, one thing I always thought was interesting especially in our conversations Rich was that I think you've always been someone who's been critical of Westwood's kicking yes and previously I don't think I fully saw that until today uh, today was some of the worst distribution I think I've seen yeah it wasn't good yes no although one of them <laughs> it, well it, yeah to the, the 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 worst of the day was was um, actually in the build-up to uh to our goal that <laughs> where it sort of felt slipped on his bum and uh mm. we were very lucky to get the ball back from that that could, yes. yeah that could have been game over really not from them shooting but then for them just taking to a corner and wasting a minute almost seems and because it's this funny because it's it's long ball and it's a position of maximum opportunity right it's just uh yes. you know get those percentages like westwood could take 10 kicks and nine would be subpar to bad and varying shades on the spectrum yes one would actually probably go as a goal yeah 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 so interestingly you know we talked about that header from reach that came from a kick from westwood which was really spawned on by one of the fulham defenders yes had a nice bit of negative playmaking from the fulham uh center back <laughs> <laughs> I was very good. I was very pleased to see that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, we can just basically play play the percentages seemingly with Westwood. So I, you know, I could see that we were set up for what it was. I mean, it's an interesting tale to the to the to the game. Um, lies, lies, and damn statistics, mm. and so they can tell you anything or any narrative you want. However, having less than thirty percent possession, I think, is l- like makes me think that. I don't know. I, I I was staggered just how long we went so often. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't know why we didn't just play it on the ground a little bit more because I, I'm you know we'll get forward to the end of the show doing the the player ratings, but there really wasn't much to see from that mid um, the midfield three. No. I like it's interesting we talk about Kieran Lee because it's like I can barely remember Kieran Lee on the pitch at times. He he had a few he, little bits. Of he really where. struggled to make an impact, and I, I he did. I think as well, he was, he looked tired second half. It was a hot, hot day. It was really warm. Um, and he looked like he was going through the motions a little bit second half to me. I was surprised he wasn't the first sub to be made. Although, to be fair, Murphy had an, had an immediate uh, impact. Um, mm. But I, I was I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't Kieran Lee uh, who went off first, although it wasn't too long before he was he was taken off as well. Uh, it was a strange one. I think it was a mixture. I think first half first half there were times we genuinely just could not get onto the ball, and you know you just have these games where I don't know how much this comes across watching it or whether it's just a feel at the match, but we'd get a tackle in and then the tackle would go to them. They just seemed to kind of, they won all the second balls really easily. And uh, it was interesting seeing Gary Monk interviewed afterwards saying that 
we they they we allowed them to kind of work as 2 deep. He said they're a good team, and sometimes that will, will happen because that, that's you know they're that good. They're going to force you back, but mm. we kind of let it happen too much. And I I think that was a really astute observation and he said we made changes at half time to try and make sure that that didn't happen quite so often but it certainly was the case that we were so deep in the midfield that even if Lee or Hutchinson or Bannon went and pressed their man and got the ball there was two or three Fulham players able to sweep it up before a Wednesday player was anywhere near making a making a, a you know picking that picking that ball up themselves so that it was it was a, it was an interesting watch I, I think part of it is that 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 is a I I hadn't watched Harrison Reed before I don't really know very much about him but he stood out as a very very fine player on this showing um he just seemed to be everywhere he was doing little nipping tackles he was moving the ball nice and quickly between the the, the players and I, I think it looked at points that even though it was three versus three I, we struggled to keep up with their three despite the fact it was it, we were matching them for numbers we right. they moved around so much that kind of there was Reed and, and Kenny were always on on the move, and it was it just seemed a very difficult job for the midfielders to get to know whether to go press the man that had the ball or whether to sit in and and, and mark their men. And there was there's quite a few points where it looked like we all, we seemed to end up with it being Kieran Lee or Hutchinson having to do two of those jobs. Whether that was Bannon not not doing quite as much as he could defensively, I don't know. Um, but I do feel like Bannon's been given more of a attacking role in uh in the in the new system so maybe he's been get, been let off the leash a little bit in that regard um but yeah the the second half was more them time wasting by holding on to the ball so they just passed it round it wasn't causing us any problems but it we would have tired ourselves out if we if we raced after it all the time so we didn't do a great deal of that in the first half right no we did no we didn't but we did seem to be pressing a bit bit higher in the second exactly yeah so i think we played on the front foot a bit more and we certainly wait when they were i mean that this thing of kicking off into your own box i don't it's a weird thing I, it seems to invite so much pressure and that's when we started it felt like the game started to turn when they started doing that but clearly from their point of view it was a time wasting tactic let's just keep possession and we'll start possession earlier we'll make we'll make possession in an area where they cannot even press us they're not allowed to but thankfully we were we were pretty quick onto it when they when they did play those passes within their own box from a goal kick we we then sort of punished them for it i have a couple of questions i want to ask you rich so two things they're very kind of unrelated my first thing is i want to say just um what's it like for you so i was watching you know obviously from my from my on my iphone i was watching the game kind of pan yeah. out uh, making notes and stuff um you were there at the match in person irl yes yeah. What was the vibe in the ground? Because I mean, I know that, you know, I've, I've been there and I've probably been guilty of this myself as well. You know, I've been a Wednesday fan who's been at games to start to get impatient. Mm. And I mean, we did largely let the tactic was to go on the counter and let Fulham do their thing to a very limited degree. So, I mean, they were largely controlling the pace of the game. I don't think people were impatient. I think people knew what the plan was and I, I think we were doing it really well. The, the, the unlucky thing is that we conceded first. Really, you know, we made four or five good chances before they had a shot on goal. And that's the uh, interesting thing, because I've seen people look back and look at the highlights and could say, looks like it was all Wednesday. Yeah, well, it, we I, it really was. In terms of the, the chances, obviously they had a lot of the ball, but it was all on the halfway line. And I, I think we were really good at, 
most teams now kind of set the, the pitch up in thirds and they don't let people get into the final third. So you can have it in the middle third. You're not going to do anything. We'll make sure we're, you know, we're watching the right people. So you're not going to get chances over the top of us. And then if you start to press forward into our final third, then we'll put the we'll put up a really strong resistance and make it very difficult for you and but by and large that's what we did and then every time we had the ball we looked pretty sort of devastatingly effective whether it's poor defense from their point of view or whether we just kind of worked things well I think Reach had a seemed to have a lot of space Adebayo was really fighting to get forward as well he had another very good game he was Uh, excellent Um, they made a no at the 18 minute mark he did a fantastic tackle to deny a chance yeah he must have it was Brilliant. one of those where he must have been thinking about the Preston game. Yeah. <laughs> but he put it out of his mind and uh, and worked through it. A, a brief recollection for ourselves as well um, until he absolutely just, just nailed it perfectly. Absolutely. He... Um, but And I thought it was interesting from Harris because I think it's the first time or maybe the first time since that the Millwall game, we've seen him up against a fullback that is as quick as him. Mm. And that asks, it asks different questions of him. I, I think he was still quite good at seizing his opportunities, but it made it harder for him to make opportunities, if that makes sense. So the, like you say, that break of the ball where he played the, the lovely cross for Reed, he, he seized that moment very, very well. But he, he did get caught in possession a few times trying to sort of turn his man and, and then run at him. I think partly because of the the pace of uh, of his his opposing fullback. Um, and it, it was telling, skipping ahead to, to our goal, it was really the only time he left his man for dead in the whole game. And it was actually, that was that was Harrison Reed. It wasn't a fullback. So... I think he's he sort of struggled, but he still had a good a good game in his moments. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see, and it I, it was heartening, I think, because it's sort of like he we've been saying he'll have harder games, he'll have he'll have quieter games, and this certainly was one of those. It was a much tougher challenge for him, but but actually he, he showed a lot in this game, a lot of depth to his uh, to his game, and and an ability to kind of keep his head down and 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 wait for those moments to come, wait for people to get tired because he's he's tireless um so yeah it was interesting uh, the, so their goal um that came from Harris losing the ball he tried to sort of pivot and and lost the ball they uh, sort of spread the play very quickly uh, to the other side of the pitch mm. uh it was a it wasn't a great cross but it kind of I suppose to be you know trying to be fair it bounced awkwardly um and it was quite quick and Westwood worth mentioning looked very special in his little cap today real special little guy Uh, (laughs) many most people can't pull off a baseball cap would you agree it's a a sartorial choice which is bad Um, i've been doing it during the summer purely because i'm a man who um very white british male so i don't really respect the sun very well and um, Rich knows, Rich has a picture of me where I went to a cricket match um, in London, yes. Edgebaston, and I got deeply, deeply burnt. Um, I had a really pink, scaly head. It was very nasty. Mm. Like a 
pink lizard. Um, yeah, so it's it's never a good choice. No, I don't think anyone looks good wearing a baseball cap. It just looks terrible. But like, it's something I've worn because I've just become very conscious of um, sunburn. Yeah, and then I can just enjoyingly like wear it backwards, like a young ruffian. Oh, quite a sight to behold. Um, I, always, I, always, I always find it really funny when when goalkeepers wear a baseball cap. It yes. looks. Um, I feel there's probably a better turn that's less southern. But as we're playing Fulham, I'm going to bring it in. It looks poxy. Yes, yes. Poxy. I always remember Kirkland looked like he'd won a prize when he put on. Yes. <laughs> That's the first thing I think about I think, like, Kirkland. I think it feels like um, it's a bit like I was Super Mario. Now I've been reduced to normal size Mario. <laughs> somehow, somehow this is about a foot and a half in height and... Uh... Yeah, I feel like Popeye's got anorexic or something. I don't know. It looks, it looks very understrength. So, yeah, I completely get that. It's, it's so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could wear like, um, you know, one of those like golf visors. Could you imagine that? Oh yeah, that'd be a little, fun. Little kind of uh, rubber elasticated band around the head and just little kind of, you know, like it's uh, like a woman in her forties playing golf. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that kind well, of vibe. I think that could come in. 80s women golf vibe. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) a bit of Olivia Newton-John getting physical with a nine iron, (laughs) I think. Anyway, it it conjures up a very interesting set of images as the as as we're talking about. Yeah. I think it could catch on. I could. I think that's what we need to do. Send Westwood a uh, yeah, one of those little golf fires. It's beautiful. That'll that'll sort him out. Um, and it won't mess up his lovely hair. I like the sweatbands around the wrists as well. Wrist sweatbands would be great. More players should wear wrist sweatbands. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So the the, the cross came in uh, from the the left-hand side, and Westwood fairly inexplicably kind of limply palmed it into the middle of our box. Uh, And it went straight to Tom Kearney, who is just about the worst person in the league to 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 pass the ball to in that position because he's he's a very very fine player and he made his uh, taking of the chance despite the fact we had five about five or six players on the line he made it look very easy to just slot it. uh, I think it was Bannon and the keeper tried to slide for it and just missed it. Yeah, and then I think Palmer was on the line. And he just missed it. So it, it just felt incredibly unfortunate. Yeah. The whole thing just felt like just, you know, this is just a series of things that happened that are pure coincidence. How did things happen at this time? That's that's how it happened. Yeah. It's just, this is, it's, you use the phrase impeccably harsh. And I know this is impeccably harsh. Westwood has been a tremendous servant to this club. But the the more games we have where he is a contributor to us losing points, the bigger the decision to keep him on seems. And I'm I am very worried about what his form will be like next season. If because um, th- it it feels like there's been a drop off in some ways. I don't want to sort of bury him, but you know we're now looking at. Well, thankfully it didn't cost us the sending off. The sending off didn't cost us. It it, it um we still won the game. But that was that was a very poor bit of goalkeeping. You you know, if you're going to go up the middle, you've got to punch it and make sure it gets out of the box. If you're going to sort of limply palm it, it's got to be either over the top of the goal or, or around the side of the goal. To sort of palm it with no pace whatsoever, I mean, it didn't even make the penalty spot, I don't think. Mm. 
it was the it was the worst of all the decisions in that in that position. Um, at, and he probably could have caught it even. It wasn't it wasn't a tremendous cross anyway. We uh, the nice uh, I suppose the nice thing is we did manage to kind of make up for it. But it is frustrating having put in such I think such a good performance. I think we played we 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 played our game plan very well and we're unlucky not to be ahead. And then we went ended up going in at the break. A goal down and I think it showed how well we played that Fulham basically from that moment on were time wasting um that I think that's the other factor to, to talk about is the referee in this game he by and large I think referees get slagged off a lot and they, whether they they actually deserve it or not is 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 sometimes questionable but <clears throat> he bought every single bit of play acting by Fulham today and there was a lot of it and and the tone was kind of set one minute 15 i wrote it down because it was in it was in the highlights it was literally the first kind of it was from the kickoff hutchinson uh, tackled one of the fulham players bowled into a second tackle where he clearly won the ball harrison reed arrived later than so hutchinson had already moved the ball away harrison reed then hit hutchinson's feet committing a foul and because he rolled around, he got a foul from Hutch from it. And that kind of set the tone for his whole game. Um, he just fell for every little bit of nonsense from them. And it was frustrating. Um, <clears throat> I think with time wasting, it's always partly our fault because we've let them get to a position where it's worth time wasting. Uh, but they had three drink breaks the second half. <laughs> <laughs> He just didn't have a handle on it at all. And I think oh. he booked the goalkeeper in like the 80th minute or something. But he should have been dishing out those yellow cards a lot earlier than that. I, I, I'm surprised there was only there was only one yellow for like any fallen players. Any of the outfield players didn't pick up any cautions, which some of their behavior was just shocking. Do you know the other thing I'm noticing as well, which feels like they're going to have to cramp clamp down on, is um, players are abusing the head injury rule. Yeah, now. totally. It's a uh, yeah. There's oh, one. Yeah. There's one moment where we put the ball in the box and Mitrovic was holding his head before the ball had even got there, and then another player went down holding his head. So the referee has to stop the game because of those head injuries. And actually, after that, one of the players, Mitrovic, didn't even receive treatment from a one of the medics. So. Mm. It's being abused because if you go down rolling around now, the referee doesn't have to blow up and the opposing team doesn't have to stop play. That's kind of established. And I think... Um, well, why don't they just introduce a rule to say you go down a head injury, you have to go off the pitch for 30 seconds? I don't think it's long enough. I think make it like make it a three or four minute concussion check. Let's take it seriously. Let's let's make that, you know, if if this is genuinely about making sure yeah. that players aren't concussed aren't suffering brain injuries which are very serious yeah so you if you hold your head when you go down we take it seriously you go off to the side of the pitch there's a set period of time you can't come on because we've got to wait to see if there's symptoms you've got to have a proper check then i think then it's like okay so does a defender and a, and a striker go down holding their head when clearly nobody was anywhere near them to uh to, to kill the game when you lose both of them for three minutes i don't think that happens but they're gonna have to do something to kind of it's gonna be annoying because if you're genuinely somebody who needs to have something you know have have a head injury check in a way it's a penalty for you but as i say really if we're being serious about this you got to take a look at it you got to take a long look at it sitting in front of them and doing the finger you know track the finger for 20 30 seconds you know 
what does that achieve? Nothing. And we've seen players go back on the pitch when they clearly shouldn't have been allowed back on the pitch. So those those checks are not doing what they're supposed to do at this point in time. But it, you know, one part of the game where two, there were two fallen players down clutching their heads. That's yeah. That's the that's the bit I was talking about. I think because I think right. Yeah, one of them that, hit, hit the deck uh, before the ball it, even arrived. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask you from a bit earlier, Rich, is so we've seen a game in which. Um, the game plan really was to work on the counter, uh, to kind of contain Fulham. Um, I, I want to ask your kind of view on this from a tactical perspective. So I, I think I really would have liked to have just basically seen um, why don't we just take Kieran Lee off and just bring in either bring in a new you, new you or a win all earlier to just go to a more of a four four two. Yeah, we could have done. I I think I think each of the subs had an impact, um, which was which was nice because that wasn't always the case. Uh, but whether we could have gone to it a bit quicker, I don't know. I I, I do find it tricky because I think by and large we were, we were still, so we were the better team in the first half. I don't think we were the better team by quite the same distance in the second half, but we were, we were sort of working away at things. We, we still didn't get any luck. Things weren't bouncing our way. Um, but by and large, we were kind of still, every time we had the ball, it looked like we might make things happen, uh, even though they were sat that bit deeper. So I, I think at one level, I'm pleased that we didn't kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater because I really dislike those subs where it's just like, oh, an attacking player will make us more attacking. I think you need to have a plan for how to work that player in. Um, well, again, there was so much of that with so much of that under uh, Bullen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, arguably, yeah, arguably um, that you could have made those changes earlier and, and we would have had a, a better chance of winning the game. I think that's the that it's the thing, isn't it? Um, the because uh, it's what it because the goal came so late. And I always find when you're at the game, you don't realize how late it's getting. Do you know, I think time is weirdly relative when you're at a football match. And when we scored, I wasn't cognizant really of the fact that it was actually, that was the 94th out of, out of 95 minutes. Um, should have been like 10 minutes added on, but anyway, that's, that's by the by. Um, but that, to me, it was one of those where, it, yes, it's exciting to get the last minute goal, but it's also frustrating because I think for for how much it looked like we were able to hurt them, we probably could have got another goal. And we at least deserved a draw. And maybe I think I think on the balance of chances, we probably deserve to win the game. But um, it would have been a very interesting story had we actually taken one of those chances. You know, yeah, none of them yeah. ever seemed particularly guilt edge. No, they weren't. You're right. They weren't. Um, But like, it it just felt like we kept like Kieran Lee did a really good job. The last chance before they scored was um, it was a pretty poor cross. It was behind Kieran Lee, but he was had the presence of mind to stop it, turn around and take a shot. But it was such a tame kind of bobbly shot to the keeper. And really, that was a great chance because it was it was a free shot on goal. The the defender wasn't anywhere, you know, wasn't in a position to, to block any shot that Kieran Lee took so that that was a good chance but it wasn't wasn't like a wonderful effort on goal it wasn't didn't produce a fantastic save from from the goalkeeper um but we so uh we made the 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 Murphy substitution Murphy came on for reach reach looked a bit unhappy about coming off um I think it's fair yeah. to say <laughs> you were talking about saying they all had an impact I, that was the one that i felt was a little bit harsh i didn't think that i think reach had a decent first half i think he definitely did yeah 
he was the his average position was the furthest forward forward out of any player in the team as well. So I think he was he was pushing. He was on the front foot. Um, but then Murphy, so the straight away pretty much um, there was the the cross from ba- Bannon. He had a much easier pass to play Fletcher in and hit it straight at the defender, which was so annoying. But cleverly managed to sort of recycle it and play this great cross uh, to to Murphy at the far post, who absolutely threw himself at it and took a big hit from the goalkeeper i don't understand how goalkeepers are allowed to do that (laughs) if you had it in the box where like a striker could take a shot but in the immediate aftermath the defender could just cream him uh with any sort of challenge he liked you know punch him knee him and that's not a foul because of their position (laughs) it's a really weird thing with goalkeepers you know how they jump up for things with their knees out and things like that. They do a lot of dirty business, goalkeepers. <laughs> and Bentonelli certainly, or Bettinelli certainly, like went through uh, Murphy for that header. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't a great header from from Murphy. He sort of needed to wrap himself around it a bit more and, and wasn't able to. But it was it was a nice chance. Um, he also then played a really good cross after the head injury nonsense. Um, he played a really good cross in for Winall which produced a, a fantastic save out of Bettinelli. And supposedly it was offside, even though it really wasn't offside. Um, but that was a good chance. Again, that could have gone... We, I think we, we did create good opportunities. I just think we didn't do a very good job of taking them. Sometimes you have games where it's like, oh, do you remember that chance? And it, it was a half chance, if anything. We made good chances today. We just didn't do a very good job of, of punishing Fulham for giving us the opportunities. Yeah, I guess it's subs-wise was like, I felt it was harsh that Ridge went off. Murphy was, I, I think I prefer him more in this kind of cameo role than someone who's starting. I think he probably um, can kind of get to maybe some of his highlights quicker. Yeah. He might be a guy that's worried about his... Impetus. Oh, sorry, go on. No, it might just give him a bit more kind of impetus and a bit yeah. more bit more kind of uh just giving that little bit more commitment that i think sometimes missing from murphy's murphy's game definitely he he struggles with a bit of that um i was just saying it might be the case that he's worried about getting tired when he starts a game you know he's managing his energy a bit um and therefore when he comes on late he knows he can just go kind of hell for leather because he's gonna yeah which i think um, that place for those players and you know place for those players in their roles you know it's fantastic when you get a player who comes on who wants to just bust a gut to uh to make a difference in the game yes as opposed to a sub which is just like just go on and kind of try and emulate like for like for the person you're taking off just with energy reasons so yeah i was uh, yeah it was good to see murphy coming at that point i just thought it was harsh to see reach be the one who went off i would never want to take harris off mind you so yeah goes i think i would have rather just seen the sub to bring on either win all or new you first for lee yeah yeah uh, he, he just really didn't have much of an impact and if we are just going long then we've just got someone who else who we can either have you know a different target man or someone who can really just roll and just play off fletcher because i don't think it's kind of worked it hasn't worked yet for the player in the number 10 shirt wearing no. up number 10 role um where it was it wasn't really there for lee um it wasn't really there for reach either week no yeah i feel like i'd rather just see like another striker and also just bringing on i, I think just bring on new you most of the time i mean you know it, it paid yeah, off yeah but i think even just the option of um you know giving the defenders the the thought about potentially crapping their pants is um is a beautiful thing 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's so nice he's back to having these impacts on games because um, it was really dis- disappointing last season when he sort of slipped into this poor groove of, uh, of, of just not quite not quite doing anything particularly well um but yeah it's so nice to see him come on and rattle defenders um so given the fact that i think you know some ways that we were a bit unlucky with how how things went um you know the ref buying all the all the 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 time wasting and things like that there was a lot of luck involved in uh, in our eventual uh equalizer um so harrison reed misses one of his only stray passes of, of the game misses misses uh misses the the winger who was going to just run into the corner so it goes straight out for a goal kick um as we talked about previously westwood slipped on his bum and luckily i author was able to get the ball back from uh from the fulham attacker it went to and and play it back to him um there was a that went straight to a fulham defender but the header was bad and it went to an unmarked bannon um and so bannon ma- managed to move it out to the to Palmer Palmer quickly moved it on to Harris and for the first time in the game Harris is not up against his fullback who's matched him for pace he's up against a central midfielder who has absolutely worked like a dog all game um, so he was able to just leave him for dead after a, a quick turn plays plays a, a decent cross in and Winall might well have been all over it anyway but the Fulham defender flicks it over the top of everyone apart from Atinuyu, who leapt like a belatic, monstrous salmon to poke it home with a, with a flying header. Uh, tremendous. It was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it sort of seemed to happen in slow motion. I love those moments. And um, as I put, is that um, we expose the softer shit underbelly of the relegated southern beasts of Fulham <laughs> and, and the Kosovan Snooky. Stuck it up the southern grenade grindle chodes, led by chief grenade grindle chodes, Scott Parker. Beautiful. <laughs> he absolutely, he really just absolutely slayed that dragon. It was just fantastic. Oh, I would beautiful. have loved being there to just uh, hear the sound of all those uh, soft, soft uh, southern shandy drinkers <laughs> deflated like a saggy, uh, like a slash bicycle tire. It sounded like a thousand whoopee cushions going off concurrently. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so great just because of all the time wasting. You know, one of my notes I wrote, aggro, aggro, aggro. Yeah. Flare in their play and also enrolling on the floor as well. Oh, absolutely. Got some real flair, those players. This is, these are Premier League players rolling on the floor, really. Well, that's I've, I put like the end of the game. The game ended in the only way it possibly could have because uh, we then got a good clearance. Atty was running through. Um, I didn't quite manage to beat the defender to the ball, but but did did kind of get control of it. And then Bobby Reed rolled on the floor again, and the ref bought it. Another performance art piece from Bobby Reed that the ref was uh, very. <laughs> much in approval of <laughs> i think i've seen that in the tape modern i'll be honest that because oh, that really we could have had another chance then if the ref slash linesman hadn't fallen for another bit of nonsense hook line and sinker i know and this is the the hilarious thing looking back on all this is just seeing the you know the enjoyment of seeing the fallen players deflate and roll around them you know and then just sink to the floor you know just uh absolutely gutted with themselves yeah yeah so that, that they've conceded at the death and then the fans as well 
Um, and then just seeing the the kind of Twitter meltdown of the fallen fans was. Oh, I haven't drunk that in. That, that's oh, uh, that's a treat for this afternoon, uh, this evening. Nice. Uh, you get one of a fallen tear orange, and then you just uh, you put it in your um, your orange juice squeezer, and then you just squeeze <laughs> out those tears. A nice, delicious little uh, aperitif of, mm. uh, of their sorrow. It's delicious. It's uh, mwah, a real. <laughs> Yes, on that one. Um, so it's, you know that's the thing they were saying and I, I would wholeheartedly agree this is a team you know on paper and the potential um, to be doing a hell of a lot better and they shouldn't be coming they shouldn't be coming away and scoring one goal and, and shutting up shop um, they should be going for two or three goals do you think in a way I don't remember him being much of a um, a kind of diver but that kind of time Scott Parker was kind of a definitely a kind of bit of a dark arts guy wasn't he you know oh yeah yeah naughty little tackles and off the ball stuff I wonder if they're a bit the sort of vision of their um you know the vision of their creator kind of thing that's a really interesting piece because I mean I, I was wondering about even I think when they won the up I'd oh no no I think I made a note I was just saying the hitting hard times games wise like Parker as a manager hmm question mark yeah yeah I just I don't know um I, I'm, I'm kind of finding it curious that like they're a team with a lot of power and oomph and money at their disposal maybe I'm a little bit surprised that Park is still in the hot seat at Fulham yeah it, it, he's not um he's not averse to a change the uh, the chairman though is he so I I wonder how long that that situation will continue because that that team should be doing better than there's no two ways about it they are on they've got just so much to I mean the, the subs that they were able to bring on are made me very very jealous I know well, I was looking at I was looking at their current squad on Wikipedia, which um, isn't even including the fact that they've uh, purchased uh, old Big Heck, Big Heck 35. Exactly, Heck. yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, that centre-back pairing is pretty damn good, of Mawson and Tim it Reed. Is. That's pretty great. Um, full-back options, just an offence. Cyrus Christie's pretty great. Joe Bryan's a very good player. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's pretty great. And then you can just go from there. And there's just so much talent and, like, I'm going to call them weapons as though, like, <laughs> um, based on performance, they are kind of like weapons <laughs> in a different, more local fashion. But the weapons that can really cause damage, that's the point I'm saying. It's a yeah. real arsenal of firepower. Like, it is scary to just have, like, to think we look at that front three. You know, we were talking about the front three at the beginning of the podcast and you were like, oh, yeah, and Bobby Reed was playing. I'm like, oh, Bobby Reed was playing. Yeah. Completely forgot about that. He just like slips into the middle three. While we think about, I don't know, players who have, you know, kind of maybe limitations or maybe can do a job, and then you think we're just going to sport Bobby Reed, you know, another yeah. attacking a player behind the attacking players. I mean, Kearney is easily a 10, 15 million pound player. I know, he's oh. still there and he's, they're still holding on to him. He's still. Yeah. But Reed moved, he's moved for 10 million pounds plus, hasn't he, Bobby Reed? And his. his uh, I think. <laughs> from uh, Brizzle to Cardiff, yeah. So, you know, yeah, just, it's an embarrassment of riches. They should definitely be doing better than they uh, than they are. Um, I think... Knockout's still a fantastic player as well. 
Yeah. But praise to Liam Palmer, we did not hear a peep out of Anthony Knockhart. <laughs> Nothing. Which I guess is so here's the interesting thing. So the context of the name of the game, I know you're saying this is a good point. Um we're up against a Fulham team who are not firing on all cylinders. But still looked very good, I would say. It's it is hard to tell. That's the nature of early in the season though, isn't it? You don't know where things sit. I guess so, but I, I so it's weird. We've got a point, we've got a the death that feels very positive. It's unfortunate that we went behind, it wasn't deserved, but still we did find ourselves up at the 90-minute mark thinking we're coming out of this with nothing. You know, it's another home loss. But I mean, it, on the flip side of that, I mean, I think we could have done a bit more damage to Fulham yesterday. Yeah, I, it's, um, it, I think it's borderline one of those games for the first time in the season, maybe, that, um, that we're looking at it saying, if only for a out-and-out striker. I think I think Fletcher had two really good opportunities that a a striker scores or at least tests the goalkeeper very seriously with. Um, mm. He really passed up that first reach cross very tamely. I, I know he did get shoved in the back, but he's a big, strong boy, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think I, little Session is actually stopping him getting to the ball if, if Stephen Fletcher wants to. Um, and then the other one, that kind of fizzing one across the front of the goal, I just think, I think Winall throws himself at it and probably gets something on it. Whether it's a goal or not is a different question, but he, Fletcher just doesn't have, he doesn't have that in the goal scorer's instinct. He's got so much, and he once again, he was brilliant yesterday, but he's not the bet your house on it guy if you get that one or two chances and it was a game of very few chances we we had four or five they had one and they had some absolute quality and care need to take that one chance we just didn't have that in their box we mm. on another day i think we score more than the one we got and and it's quite a different story i think we did enough to beat them that's the frustration yeah um, the plan was nearly nearly perfect i guess in a weird way yeah I just, I don't know, like, again, with that talking about the, you know, a quiet day for the midfield trio. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, again, the midfield's been an interesting one for us all season for different reasons. I don't feel like we've really seen the best of what those players are for us. No. I would have liked to have seen us mix it up a little bit more, honestly. I... I think we could have at least tried to play a little bit through the middle on the deck. I hope Luongo does has a great game midweek and gives uh, a real pro- headache to Monk because I I just don't I don't think that three is good who, enough. Who would you naturally think is the one that you would? Because I guess we've got an interesting thing with Luongo. So Luongo seemingly in his past couple of seasons, this thing we spoke previously on the, the podcast about his time at QPR. He's been two different types of player. Um, yeah. He has been a bit more of a Kieran Lee kind of box-to-box player. He's also been asked to do a bit of the Hutchinson role as well. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't mind who he. I think probably Bannon is a is a given. I think yeah. it's a case of who plays with Bannon, and I think that's fair. I think Bannon's earned that, um, and I think he is he is special in a way that the other two just aren't. Uh, but I don't mind who Luongo replaces out of the other two. I just think. I just want to try something different because it, it, it just, it's not bad. I, the midfield, how Kieran Lee played uh, is kind of exactly what that midfield's a bit like. It's like he sort of did, he didn't do anything wrong. 
and he worked really hard, but he didn't do anything much either. Yeah, but yeah, but that's I think that's my point though. Is is like, are we just gonna have players who are largely just watching the ball just sell over their heads, and that I don't know for 10, 15 minutes of the game of the entire ninety minutes, we'll see a little bit of quality from them, and that's why we have them there. But the, they're not. What they're not doing is so. I suppose yeah. You, what you're saying is how we how we set up and how we attack. Yeah. Um, and I think we tried to mix it. I think we do try to mix it. I think um, I don't think I, I I think what holds us back is is Westwood in that regard. I think it really limits us because you can't trust him to do anything other than lump it. He can't. He's not got anything else in his locker. Yeah. So. Obviously, the hilarity of the Jos Luka times is that we completely ignore Westwood so we can play Cameron Dawson because Dawson's, you know, is a little bit closer to uh, <laughs> to Edison in that regards than Westwood. <laughs> I've seen Dawson play passes. Very huge, vast chasm of a spectrum of which he's slightly closer. It doesn't really make a great deal of difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But but what I think, where I think the midfield is really falling down and reducing their influence on the game is we're just not getting close enough to the opposition in midfield. They're not pushing themselves on. They're not making those things happen. So therefore, because a lot of what you do in midfield is you're winning the ball back. And that's when you get the chance to have an effect on play because... You've got the ball. The opposition's out of shape because they were attacking. Mm. And those are the moments when, as a midfielder, by and large, those are the big moments to then affect things and make it make an impact on the play. But we don't seem to be doing enough of that. Um, I think Bannon's been given a job to not to do as much defending. Uh, and he's he's taking that mantle. Uh, <laughs> Hutch is, is Hutch. But what tends to happen when Hutch wins the ball is, actually, it does quite often go to the opposition because it's, it's a bit kind of overzealous. He doesn't nick the ball. He hammers through the player and it tends yeah. to bounce like yeah. six or nine feet away from the what happens. Um, you know, kind of the opposite of uh, of the, the sort of classic Italian defender that's kind of nicked the ball before you even knew. You know, you're 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 still running down the wing thinking you've got the ball, and then look down and it, he's disappeared with it. That's not happening when Hutch tackles you. Um, you know about it for probably the next six to eight weeks, um, <laughs> and it's a great part of his play. I mean, it's there's there are a few sites more more enjoyable than than Hutch hammering into a tackle like that, but. It means we very rarely come away with possession from those those breaks uh, because it relies on a second or a third person being as switched on to the moment as him. And it seems to happen seemingly at random. <laughs> um, so that's why I wonder whether Luongo might be able to do the Hutchinson role with a little bit more finesse, possibly. Yeah, a bit more uh, of a technique in that, that kind of space. But I... I just want I just want to see maybe this is the best three and we've just got to cut our cloth to suit. But until we try, we've got a oh. player who's played who's been an ever present for a championship side for years now, um, sat on our bench and he's not he's he's a never present in our midfield. So I just would like to see can we work him into the mix and freshen things up because that's that's the main thing is it's a bit stale seeing those three again. Should we um, rate some players? Yeah, let's rate some players. Okay, cool. Uh, Westwood. Our um, uh, baseball caps uh, number one. <laughs> His yes. distribution. The first time I think I've, like I've said previously, the first time I've joined you in the opinion that his distribution was bad, it was it was pretty poor yesterday. 
for his distribution. He benefits from the fact that Fletch is so good. Because <laughs> at one point, yeah. uh, I, I, I go to matches with my uh, my sister, uh, Suzanne, and she um, she said, oh, that was a good kick. It's like, no, Fletcher made it a good kick. He kicked it 12 feet away from him, but Fletcher... <laughs> Fletcher did the work to to win Edda. It's a different thing. (laughs) So, and then obviously we talked about not the best, not the best moment of goalkeeping from Kieran Westwood for the goal. Um, Outside of that, he didn't really have much to do, did he? He didn't. No. Apparently, he had one dribble. I'm looking at his who scored stats. (laughs) One dribble near the end of the game where he brings it. Yeah. I remember, I remember him previously doing that, bringing the ball a bit forward and then and then thwacking it, you know. Yes. So I'm inclined to go five and a half, maybe six. Dang. Um, either or, I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely, we're in the same ballpark. Five and a half. Yeah. It's harsh because, as you say, he didn't have that much to do, but then that's goalkeepers, isn't it? You're judged on what you do in those few moments where it's your... Yeah. Um, okay. So then Odebajo? Adebayo, I'd give him a 7.5. So he made some crucial interceptions, another solid game. I thought he was the star of the back five, in my opinion. He was really good again, and he um, he was really trying to move things forward. There's a few times he was like blue in the face, frustrated at Westwood for not releasing the ball because he'd he'd sort of charged his way up to the halfway line to try and make something happen. Um, so I, I, would, I yeah, I thought he did really did really well and. Could have had even more of an influence if uh, if uh, Westwood had thrown one of those passes out to him. Um, I think seven point five is fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I author. I author was good. Um, I gave him a seven. <laughs> I didn't really make much notes for there are a lot of these the, the uh, defenders yeah. really outside of Adebayo and maybe a little bit of Palmer as well, which we'll come on to. Uh, the note I said for I author is. Um, Maybe showing some of that frustration and the pent up aggression. Mm. Um, he should have kicked Kamara into the ozone layer. <laughs> yes, they had that moment. There was that, but that it was not that I'm really condoning any great assault or violence in any uh, mentality. Um, but he was hilarious when Kamara kind of squared up to him, and I offer just bent his neck down to look at it. <laughs> You know, it's a real, uh, it's a real big dog up against a, you know, a, a, a chihuahua, some real chutzpah and moxie. Uh, that was pretty funny. He was good. Um, I, I feel a bit bad for the defense because they, they didn't deserve to. I think they deserved a clean sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, he did a good fight. job. He was, he was marking Mitrovic at uh, set pieces. And um, by and large, did a really good job with him because we know what he's like. Mm. He's, a, he's an absolute nuisance. And uh, yeah, we really didn't hear very much from him at all. Mitrovic had barely any influence on the game, which is testament to him and him and Berner, definitely. Mm. <coughs> and then the finest German football player to play for Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Mr. Julian Berner. <laughs> Mainly because he's our only German football player to play for Sheffield Wednesday. But he's fantastic. We all love him. Yeah. He had a mad 30 second at one point. But um, other than that, another very solid game. He got his yellow card. Yeah, he's uh, edging pretty close to getting a one-match suspension. I think alongside Hutchinson as well. Hutchinson's yeah, him up. and Hutch are both on four mm. the season. So uh, one away from a from That would be really bad when we have to see him out of the lineup. Yes. It was interesting when he came in and we thought, we kind of thought, I, I don't know, I think we were maybe a little, we thought he'd be good, but we were mm-hmm. still a little bit, I think we've had a lot of that, um, though the, it's almost been like a token revolving door of one European centre-back 
who's come in because we've had you know we've had the um we've had the very attractive vincent sasso um we had venancio as well yes so it, it kind of feels like a bit part kind of fourth fifth um center back is someone we've never heard of who's come in from um from continental europe of, of one of those countries <laughs> and just being you know probably a stylishly attractive uh man mm. who maybe we don't fully feel is uh, fully confident to be the first pairing. <laughs> uh, maybe sometimes that's actually been quite harsh because Sas- Sasso and Venancio, I think, have proved proved near the end of their tenures that they probably could do it. Maybe more Venancio than Sas- Sasso. Um, oh, so it was interesting when he came in, we didn't know if he was going to be quite the first choice, um, but he's, he's made it his own. He's made the position his own. And I can't think of, I can't think of a Wednesday centre-back pairing without Burner anymore. Yeah, no, he's, he's been so good since he came in. Um, I think then uh, you're saying a, a lineup without him would be sad and it would be, but um, I think Thornley would do a fine job of, you know, just dropping in. I don't know about him sort of longer term, but um, I think for one game, I wouldn't worry too. Well, I guess we still haven't seen, we haven't seen anything of Bates yet, have we? No, he'll, he'll almost uh, 100% he's going to get a chance to show what he can do again um, in uh, midweek against Everton, I would think. Mm. Uh so did we give so I offer from Borna? I also I give I offer a seven. Oh yeah, okay, fair, very yeah. I also think the same for Burner as well. Burner is a seven. Yeah. Only uh, know Burner was fine as usual. Absolutely. Uh, Palmer, Liam Palmer. I also said the same thing, fine as usual. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday to Liam Palmer. He had his birthday um, maybe Friday, Friday or Thursday. Yeah, and do you want to feel old? Liam Palmer is now seventy-eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> if he could pull these performances for another 50 years i think we'll i think we'll be okay <laughs> you know he got forward well and i felt he dealt with the defensive side well as well yeah well not knockout is has been probably for about 10 years one of the best attacking players in the championship mm. and he he didn't have any influence on the game at all, as far as I could see. He's like if Adele Tarap stuck around and was decent and consistent. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that and that's that was that was Palmer doing a good job, and it was Harris doing a good job uh, going backwards. Uh, that that um, that right-sided pairing of Sessegnon and Knockart are, are very good, and it's obviously kind of a, a big part of how they attack going forward. And they didn't get to the chance to do anything very much. Hmm. Um, Hutch Hutchinson. Also, I was not sure what he did today. <laughs> what he did that yeah. day? He was okay. I, sometimes he did some crunching tackles. Five tackles apparently. Five it tackles. Like yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about Mr. Hutchinson? Yeah, he's he's he did a he had a Hutchinson sort of performance. Um, as I say, I th- I do think he's 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 great because he's the kind of heart and soul, isn't he? He's the He's the fans' representative on the pit. Um, we'd all <clears throat> like to feel we'd play like Sam Hutch were given a chance in the shirt, you know, kind of give our all. Yeah. Big, big heart. Yeah. Um, I I think he's a little overrated in terms of the other aspects to his game, and maybe we're maybe we're seeing a touch of that in in this three. I think he's one of the ones that's not like everybody. He's he's just not quite doing what you'd want from that position. All the parts of it. 
Um, he's still obviously making the tackles, but it's it's then it's winning the possession. It's it's moving the ball. I think he is trying to move the ball quicker. Um, but that that's where I think we're starting to. He gave the ball away quite a few times uh, yesterday, um, and it, it put us in trouble. A, a couple of them were bizarre as well, like real panicky, you know, kind of knee jerk passes across the front of the the defense. Uh, on another day, we, he that could have been responsible for giving away goals. It, it wasn't today, but it could have been because uh, yeah, just some 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 poor passes there. Um, so six and a half maybe for. For Hutch? That's what I said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we do the midfield trio together and then, then go to the... Yeah, the, that's the, Like a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, so... The, trio, the chocolate bar with the caramel and the biscuit. Trio. Hello, trios. Trio. Um, Kieran Lee? So there's a fairly anonymous return from him. Um, I was really happy to see him in the lineup. Um, I, the thing I said is I don't know if the role worked for him today. But it should. So I don't know if it was more than an off day for him. Um, I, you know, I know you said he's he's a player who still maybe is topping up some of his fitness. Yeah. But still, I mean, to have any semblance of Kieran Lee close to, I think, as we said previously, the Kieran Lee of old has been incredible. So I, I don't feel I can be too critical of that. Yeah. Yeah. It just it it wasn't there for him today. I didn't because I I would. I I feel like either for Reach in the number 10 role or Lee in the number 10 role, it should be perfect for one of those two people, one of those two characters. Maybe more Kieran Lee, I think. Because if, if there's anybody you want who can actually strike the ball well, has a real good quality of finishing, um, seems to have this, in his previous incarnations, this kind of Iniesta-like radar and the ability to just ghost into the box with the ball at his feet, it's Kieran Lee. Yeah, he... It's interesting. So I think there's a couple of things possibly at play. One of them is he hasn't, he wasn't always as good at shooting as he he became towards the end of his time in the first team. Uh, I sort of remember having a bit of a, a lament of <laughs> the fact he was so good at reading play and and keeping up with play um, meant he would get in positions to score goals. But he used to be very timid in those positions and not take very good shots. And I do remember a bit of a lament being a why always Lee. You know, where at the time that the ball it, it ages the the comment because it was the time that Balotelli had his shirt. Why always me? Um, but it was it, he he got loads of chances because he's really good at reading the game. Um, but he wasn't didn't always have the uh, the ability that he he showed later on. So I think maybe he he might be a different guy once he gets his first goal. That's what I that's what I'm. Um, you think there's a degree of confidence there? Possibly, yeah. yeah. You forget how long he's been out, really. Um, but just between them, I'm looking at the possession stats. Between them, Reach, Fletcher and Lee all had uh, a very, very small amount of the ball to play with today. And yeah. I, well, I think you're right. Lee feels like he should be a natural in that role because with with Adam Reach, the reason he gets played everywhere is he's he's very competent. He's obviously intelligent and he's dependable. Like he does what he does very well. And I think that's why he gets moved around because it's like, well, I can, I know I'm going to get, I know what I'm going to get out of him pretty much wherever I put him on the pitch. And he's been a left back. He's been a wing back. He's been a center midfielder. He's been, uh, he's been a winger. He's been a forward. He's done all those things. And he, he, he's, he's, 
broadly just puts in the same sort of shift. But Lee is someone that has thrived in in that kind of off the striker type role previously. He's done it very well. So it's a bit of a shame that it just didn't work for him today. Yeah, didn't, we didn't see any benefit of him being there. I don't think he had so little influence on the play. What? So in terms of a rating, six and a half. I gave him a six. Six. Yeah. And it's, I it's not. I don't. I don't think it's a damning six. So I guess I'm just wondering. So a midfield ratings are said unsure how I can rate them since we bypassed a lot of midfields today we were countering it humping along wasn't a possession game for us as we had you know just under 30 percent of possession um i'm wondering with lee and hutchinson whether it is kind of coming down to i still feel that if we keep playing lee to some degree we will see some degree of quality yeah but you know i really um i really agree with you about luongo it's like how can you keep afford to it, it kind of becomes like a bit like a striker thing, right? It's like the the whole argument, oh, they need games. Yeah. You know, but are they going to get the games to, can can you afford that luxury? Absolutely. It, it's also, but then it's, 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 there's also this element of managing your, managing your players. So Kieran Lee is 31 years old. He's missed a lot of football in the last three years. Hutch is, Hutch is 30. Um, Bannon's 29. There's a certain amount of kind of like, they're not, over the hill by any means but they are in that position where they're going to have to start managing their 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 resources energy wise luongo's that little bit he's not massively younger based you know he's 26 he's just a little bit more he's in his in his athletic prime rather than in the tailing off of his athletic prime mm. um, i just energy and urgency is something that that midfield needs and and lacks at the moment and i would hope that luongo could could provide a bit of that if he can't then let's make you know we're back to making the best of what we can do with that three and i do think we've made steps i think bannon and hutchinson are working better together now the last two games than they have done previously but it's a bit of we were talking about the kind of you know square pegs round holes it's not quite that but it is it's like you're trying to make different things happen from this same combination of players that have been at the club and been playing together now for this is their fourth season is that right yeah and there's that it's a real cliche it's an old adage but the definition of mad madness is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results and it, it's just starting to feel that way with those three but you know what they end up not quite working because they've never quite worked they don't suddenly get better at working together yeah and I know there's often that thing is, that's, that's been mentioned recently. It was like, I, I, so we've looked at it in two ways. Um, and I, I think maybe it's been used recently in a, in a comment from Monk as a positive. Mm. But hey, these are the players I got to Wembley. Yeah. I'm like, they are, but that was that feels a long time ago. It does. And it does. It feels a lifetime ago. It does. And then it's it's interesting. We've got Harris now. We've got Murphy. Um, we've got Odubaja. We've had a bit of much needed pace that we felt we needed. That I think the fans felt they needed. Um, yeah. That was kind of maybe a little bit of the it was the missing honey to the soup during Carvajal times. Yeah. Even though I don't know how much Carvajal would have been interested in a bit of pace, but it would have just given us something a little bit different. And yeah. so we seem to have addressed that, but everything else is seemingly regressing because of time, because of old father time. Um, There's also a thing of going a bit stale. I think you can see that at Spurs now. I think you need to keep, you need to, as a 
everyone's got the there's the mental side of the game is so important and you need to be able to convince yourself that this season is going to be different to last season because of x y and z and i think you see that with spurs it's like okay so we failed to win the league when we had the best opportunity ever when leicester won the league we failed to win the champions league when we got to the final we failed in whatever else cup finals Mm. and and it's like you're looking around that dressing room and you're going, OK, we've played in these big games. We failed in these big games. What what narrative can I tell myself to get myself up for this season being different than last? And I think some of that additional this pace we've added to the team does make that feel different. And I think Luongo, was a, that was an exciting signing to make. It's just weird we haven't seen anything from him. I, I'm surprised we haven't been... I'm not surprised... Uh, tripping myself up. I'm not <laughs> surprised from Bullen that there wasn't a clamour to get him involved. But I suspect if Bruce was still here, Luongo would be would be a mainstay of our midfield. Because I think you build around the new, you build around the energy, and hopefully you get that gives you better results out of the guys around him. I'm not surprised with Bullen because it was very much like, these are the guys, these are my mates. That's yeah. This is the fabric of the dressing room. Yes, but I hope with... Uh, that's what I was sort of saying. Like On Tuesday, if Luongo goes and grabs this opportunity and absolutely like bosses the game against Everton, what he needs to do is put himself right in Monk's thoughts. He needs to break yep. this the norm that's, that's set in place. Um, we might see a change after the next international break. Monk will have more time to actually work on the team. But I think having come in, there was a week he came in towards the end of that first week of the international break they'd probably spent a week working on a team shape for the game coming up so I think we probably ended up playing exactly the team that Bullen was going to play uh and you know with a game going game to game there's only so much you can change but I, I hope it'd be nice if we change beforehand but I, I would hope we'll see a slight we'll see a different approach to things come the the restart from the next international break but we can't kind of give games away in between then and there so it'd be nice to be doing some tweaking and some testing before that to see what what actually works in a game uh, game scenario well, um, the you know winnell's kind of someone who's come out of nowhere to come back into yeah. again so it, it shouldn't be unheard of and the opportunity is there for all of them to do that you mm. know jordan rhodes has the opportunity to show a different side of himself and make himself an option the fact he's not been involved in any of the squads since monk came in makes me think he's probably is showing what he can offer and it's pretty limited um square naff all we think yeah exactly um so bannon is next in the uh the team sheet oh bb um 6.5 uh i said a perfectly fine bannon performance yeah some nice touches what was the i think it was i was trying to remember there was a brilliant bit where we had a free kick and i think mitrovic was trying to waste some time and trying to slow down the play and Bannon just waited basically like a second and then just sprayed one out perfectly for the yard reach. And it yes. was like it was basically like probably about ten centimeters away from Mitrovic. Yes, yes, was that was the one I think that reached peeled the cross. The one the cross that kind of curved towards the post that Fletcher kind of ignored. I think that's where that came from. Mm. Yeah, that was a, that was a great little moment. Oh, I thought his ball to Murphy was really good as well. The new system. It. I think if Bannon get what the new system is supposed to be about. <laughs> so. 
it puts a lot of pressure on him because I think effectively he's the guy. So the team is being told, don't play it forward, keep it moving. But what we are trying to do is make an opportunity for for Bannon to get the ball and then pick a pass. If you see an obvious pass, take a pass. But but by and large, our game plan is to go through Bannon. That's what it feels like. I, don't, I might be wrong, but that's what it feels like. At the moment, I think Bannon is struggling under the pressure of that. And it just means he's giving the ball away a lot more often. But if he can sort of... Bannon loves it here. We love Bannon. And I think if it potentially... If he kind of grasps the nettle of what's being asked of him, it could be really good uh, for the season because it's it's the system is to try and get the best out of Bannon because he's the special guy. And if he can live up to that, then we're going to have more good days than bad. He also played a great pass through to, to reach where it was just a break in, a rare kind of break in, in their midfield. And Bannon just sort of snapped onto it and played a beautiful ball across to uh, to reach. That was the first cross from from reach across to, to Fletcher as well. That happened at the 10-minute mark. So there, there were moments from Bannon. He wasn't in, as involved in the game as you'd like. Again, that's the, that's the disappointment. But much more involved than the other. I think he deserves to be marked ahead of Hutch and Lee because he was much much more of an influence on the game than those two. Mm. Um, I think 6.5 is, is fair. I'd probably have Hutch and, and Lee on, on a six each, to be honest. That's uh, fair. I agree with that. Yeah. So, Reach? I gave a seven to Reach. I thought it was decent. Uh, I was really yeah. sad to see him come off. Um, he's a player who's got the... I still think the energy levels in the industry to still be useful for a full 90 minutes. I think it was maybe just a sacrifice that maybe Monk wanted to see Murphy and just change it up and just kind of yeah just put it up uh, put up the, uh, the seven Sandy Drakes of Fulham by bringing Jacob Murphy on to give him a few little kind of you know little kind of headaches. So I, I kind of see that, but he was he was brilliant in the first half and just some great crosses. And I was just so happy to see him on the wing. Yeah. Uh, that's been the narrative of the um, the pre-match talks this week. Basically, Monk saying like, "Yeah, I've, you know, chat to chat to Adam, and he sees his best role as being on the wing, and we agree." Um, yeah. He's, I think, just to completely agree with you. Essentially, Monk was saying, "Yeah, he's a man who has versatility, and you know, he may play different positions for us, but we his ideal role is going to be on the wing." I think you can see that with versatility, it can go both ways, can't it? Because you don't want to be Phil Neville. Um, <laughs> well, don't be like Phil. Well, because you, because because what versatility sometimes means is you're a bit of a jack of all trades, but actually not very good at any one position. But Reach happens to be one of the best better wingers in the in the whole league. By tr- by exploiting his versatility, I think we've hurt our team more often than we've helped it. The fact he can do a job everywhere doesn't mean he should. And it's almost like that's been why he's been played. It's like, oh, yeah, Adam Reese can play in the middle, so we'll play him in the middle. But should he be playing in the middle? It's not. You're not getting the full weight of, of what he can bring to the game by taking him out of his best position. So, no, I, do, I like that sort of talk. That's, um, it's, it's, it's really good. I wonder if taking him off as well is a little bit of a statement of, well, you know, nobody's there's no sacred cows here. Mm. Just because you're out of reach, you can be, can be substituted. I think maybe there's a bit of that. But uh, <laughs> Reach is a sacred cow. He's never a sacred cow who performs like, I don't know, like a goat. You know what I mean? <laughs> we know what we get from Adam Reach, and it's pretty much consistent Adam Reach. Yes. He is yeah. consistent. So I, I don't. 
I don't think he's a player you make that comment with. I think there are other players you make. I don't know, because I, I feel you could probably say the same thing about, you know, Bannon, but Bannon's never... Bannon's never terrible. No. It's it's a spectrum of of Bannon-ness, which is pretty good. So sometimes he's like, yesterday was maybe a little bit subpar Bannon, but subpar Bannon is still better than any of the other options. Yeah, absolutely. Laurels. So I don't think Reach is. If we've talked about any of the midfielders, I'd probably say Hutch is. Yeah, yeah. Not for attitude and not for application, but just, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know how to finish off. I think people know what I'm talking about, but I don't know how to. I know what what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I think what, there's some elements of what Hutch brings to the team that that are unique, but they're, I think they're less, they're probably less essential. Like, I think every game what Bannon and Reach bring is essential. Like, whether it's a, a dogfight or a, a free-flowing game of football, you still want footballers. What Hutch does is a bit more of a, a limited role in that he's kind of built for derby days and those sort of games. And sometimes when it's not quite so combative, he's a bit of a bull in a china shop um, and lacks a bit of finesse for those moments that yeah, another player could probably be just as good at tackling. And I was do wondering things. about previously why it worked so well for him in previous games. I, I felt there were definitely games for Hutchinson where Hutchinson does a crunching tackle and nearly either maims a player or nearly maims a player. And then suddenly, if a player's still on the pitch, everyone's a bit more cautious after. Yeah, oh, definitely. And instills a bit of fear into the um, opposing players he's up against. And it can set a tone for the team. It yep. can, um, and it can... Uh... <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit, uh, was it, hit hit the, hit the tab in the first five? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, it can set the tone. For football that still kind of permeates, but still there's probably some, unfortunately below that, there's probably still some nasty truths that are still spoken in football, which is basically like just if you just give them a bit of needle at the beginning, then, you know, it can it can work out, basically. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So reach, score-wise, seven? I gave a seven for reach, yeah. Yeah. Uh, flip to the opposite flank, Harris. Kadeem Harris, I think it's a seven. Not his best, but still an assist, technically. I think, yeah, I think maybe 7.5. I think he had to work really, really hard to get into the game, but he showed he was willing to do it. He didn't go... Another player, probably probably Murphy, is the sort of player that if he was having such a hard day, it would be a lot of huffing and sighing and arms arm-waving and things like that. And he would just sort of shrink back from the challenge. And I think Harris just kept going at it until it went his way. And I think sort of mentally that's really important. And I think it just made me it made it made me even happier that we've got him, um, which is weird to say after a, a quiet, a quiet game. <laughs> but I think he showed lots of extra kinks to his uh, to his game that we didn't know existed before and i think they were all they were all pretty pleasing to see mm. um so yeah for me it's slightly marked slightly higher but uh, i yeah i think seven's perfectly fair as well and then uh, so the last of the starters fletch stephen fletcher in the spectrum I, I didn't think it was his best um i i really agree with you in those chances that he he should have just given a bit more commitment yeah as um i mean he's good i think Not he did better. He did his all-round game very well. It's just this is one of the first games where that part of his game not being where it should be held us held us back. I think. Or the, the the other games, everything else around him has worked so well that the fact that Stephen Fletcher just did a ten out of ten Stephen Fletcher performance was fine. He did 
another good Stephen Fletcher performance. Won loads of headers, played Harrison round the back a couple of times. Got, um, but yeah, the, the, his drawbacks in, as a striker uh, potentially cost us three points today. I think yeah. so. But I kind of just... new, through new, no fault of his own because it's not him. If that makes sense. Yeah. He's he's not um, a great striker. He's a really good forward, and he did the forward stuff just as well as he's done most games this season, but the striker bit really let us down today. Uh, so, yeah, I think six and a half seems fair for him. Yep. We'll go through the subs, shall we? Murphy? Um, 6.5, I said better. Um, I think I appreciate him more as a cameo player. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like the, I don't think he's ever done a great deal. Maybe near the beginning, he you know, he was good. But that starting spot, I don't know if it's quite well suited for him. I really like the option of having him as a player from the bench. And I would even say that about um, about when Nando comes back. Mm. You know, I, I definitely think he's, it's, um, it's, it's a nice option from the bench. He's got, Fernando Forestieri's got to prove he's worthy of a start, I think. That should be the... Exactly. And the default. Sometimes I think we've seen that from him. Sometimes we haven't. Sometimes we've seen him bust a gut to make a point. Sometimes he's just not been, maybe lacking a bit in uh, application. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe a similar deal for, uh, for Jacob Murphy as well. So score-wise... Uh, 6.5? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Winall came on next, came on in the 70th minute. I was, I was a bit, I was disappointed for Winall a little. I'm not sure if we, what we did allowed him to do what he does best today. Yes, you know, yesterday. He struggled to get involved a bit, didn't he, I think? Where there's a cross to the back stick and knew you decided to plant a header at Bettinelli. Yeah. And he could have chosen to kind of cushion it back in for Winall. I, I think to be fair to Atty. That one. I think to be fair to Atty, he probably did try to do because there was no way he was ever going to score. I no. think probably his intention was to pass it in some way, but he doesn't know what's going to happen when the ball bounces off his head. It, it can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Winnell again, he had a very good header from that 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 sort of quick pass that Murphy played after the um, the head injury debacle. You know when half the Fulham team dropped to the floor with CTE. <laughs> was, that the one with, um, was that the one that was given offside yes when it i mean what the linesman was watching i, I, no, yeah, I didn't see that at all i'll be honest that, that wasn't offside at all for me no he's about three foot on i think but yeah. he, that was a good header again and it produced a good save from bettinelli yeah and we might have had a second bite of that if it wasn't for the uh the offside call as well because Bettinelli kind of he saved it but he palmed it it was still in play so whether Fletcher could have got onto it I don't know but anyway yeah it was something and nothing really from Winnell wasn't it he, um, he didn't have long to make an impact but he also didn't have make much of an impact during his time on the pitch so I'm thinking more like a six for him maybe six and a half is is the ceiling um, then we come on to the star of the show the salmon like figure of Atty Newby Big Dave, at the new you. <laughs> what was tough is my first two words. wonder if we could have seen more from him if we could on earlier. Uh, I actually thought it would have been my first sub. I, I just, I'd like to see more of when new you's on form and he does what new you does best. I just want to see more of it. I just want to see him just, yeah, just making like, uh, their defenders' lives an absolute nightmare. I, I get these a bit of a late sub and I, I understand why. And I, I feel like I understand that. I just, I'm, just greedy and I want more, Rich, to quote yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I want more. 
I'm more Chris about Evans the new that one. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Evans. Um, that's why he's on the big breakfast because he, he's greedy and he wanted he's more. He's greedy and he wanted some more. That that is a really long callback, um, but it has become a a stable uh, in joke for me and Luke. But it was <laughs> one, <laughs> it was one match when Gary Megson uh, post match wasn't the one doing the interview with Radio Sheffield, and it ended up being uh, being Chris Evans, his uh, his assistant was he, or just a, another well, member of the back room staff. Yeah, and. Uh, um, yes, he said, we're greedy. We're greedy and we want some more in his lovely Welsh brogue. Uh, and it's <laughs> yeah. become, it's become uh, yeah, very established part of our... Um, <laughs> maybe one of the founding flagstones of our, of our friendship now. <laughs> I think so. It's definitely like one of those... I, I feel like it's been one of those memorable quotes that you get from um, football managers and football management throughout the time that, that kind of catch on. So I love those things that just like you're still quoting years later. If we if we spoke to if we ever got a chance to speak to Chris Evans, we would say that to him and he would not remember saying it at all. But for (laughs) us, he would stare at us blankly and make his excuses and leave. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing today, Chris? Yeah, you you greedy? Yeah, you greedy? Got some more? Do you need? How well, well? How far are you? How high are you going with this? Uh, the score for it. He was on the pitch thirteen um, minutes. He had two 7. shots 5. on goal. Yeah. Seven point five. I'm giving him a ten. Wow. With what he was had time to do, he did exactly. What more could he do? There <laughs> we go. I suppose ten for a substitute. Maybe two. has a maybe. <laughs> maybe has there a ceiling. But he's. Is man of the match, I think. He's got a perfect hat trick with um, scoring goals coming off his shins. I think <laughs> if you're a right shin and a left shin and a header, that would be a perfect. Do you remember he did that? Was it Blackburn? He scored two or three. I think he didn't get quite get the hat trick actually, but he scored two goals that were just totally. You couldn't even on the replay in slow motion, you could not tell which part of his body had struck the ball, but somehow it kind of like bounced off the floor and went over the goalkeeper's head. This is what you want from the guy. This is what you want him to do. Does it so well. He's like, um, yeah, he's he's the he's the life and soul of the party. You know, he's he's sloppy. He's clearly been drinking before he arrived, but he's one <laughs> hell of a good time. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't work, but it's brilliant, and it does. Ah, love him. I love him so much. Ah, mm. oh, what a gorgeous man. So, um, if we go on to man of the match. I think I just said new you slash Harris flip a coin. By your yeah. rating, the man of the match is Adi New You. Yeah. It is. I think Harris had a great contribution and obviously got the uh, probably technically got the assist. I don't know quite how it works in terms of, uh, you know, if we were playing fantasy league, whether it would count because it did ricochet. But but still, fine, fine work to make it happen. And then uh, glorious, glorious diving header. that's us, isn't it, Luke? I think that's. Uh... Done. We've been chatting for a good, good while now, so apologise yeah. for this one. <laughs> well, that's it for another uh, another edition of Different Gravy. We're uh, episode eleven. We we uh, we keep going strong. We go again. We go again. <laughs> Tell your friends, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. And if you want to get in touch with us, we're uh, we're on Twitter on Gravy underscore Pod. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Cheerio, bye. Have a good week, Luke. Have a good one, Rich. Yeah.